Welcome to the Touring Plans Podcast. I'm Angela Dahlgren, here with my co-host, Brian McNichols. Hello. And we have a guest on our show today. Here we have Pete Carney, who is a member of our Disney community. Pete, do you want to say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Pete Carney. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at your WDW guy. I have been a big Disney fan for uh, a long time. I help out over at WWNT.com. You can see me, in, whether it's writing articles on their YouTube shows, on their podcasts and segments. I also do a lot of events in the park. And I'm just a lover of old podcasts, old things Disney. Uh, I really do love the Disney community. And uh, yeah, if you ever see me, come say hi. So we met each other in the park completely randomly. When was that? Was that was that in September that we met each other? I th- yeah, I think it was sometime it was either end of either end of August, maybe end of August ish or early August. Some, I don't know. One of those. It does all run together. It after could be a while. September. Yeah. <laughs> I did a quick three trips last summer, so it could have been any of those. Yeah, it was on a Disney trip. I just happened to be wearing a Touring Plants t-shirt. I was filming with my husband. I was doing food and wine, uh, a food and wine video with him. Oh, yeah, so definitely September then. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was September. And I hear this big, friendly voice say, hey, Touring Plants. And Pete came over, introduced himself. And my husband and I ended up talking with you and your friend, and I think your friend's, is it girlfriend or fiance? We talked for like 45 minutes, didn't we? Yeah, you guys were awesome. Uh, I had known you. I'm a big fan of Touring Plans. I've been a subscriber to Touring Plans for a while. And I, again, I, like I say, I like to support everyone in the community. So I've seen your videos. I've seen Brian's videos. I've uh, talked with Len in the past. And so I love all things Touring Plans. So when I saw you, I was like, all right, I'm going to wait till she's done her little piece. And then I was like, hey, let's chat. And yeah, we hit it off. It was great. Um, I think that's what's awesome about the Disney community is that we all have obviously Disney in common, but it's fun just to chat it up and see what's going on and get to know new people. Yeah, it was so great to talk to you. We had, I mean, we literally chatted for almost an hour in like 93 degree weather. So <laughs> We did. I remember wiping the sweat away, but we were just kept talking. It was, it was a great conversation. Yeah, it really was. We're so happy to have you on the show today. And what we're going to do today is we are going to cover... All of the latest Disney news, Disney refurbs, everything that's going on. So let's just jump right in. The, the non-Star Wars edition. Yes. Yeah. yes. Everything <laughs> but Star Wars going on at Disney. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot that's not Star Wars related, shockingly. All right. Let's jump into Disney Cruise Line. There are three new ships coming to the Disney Cruise Line family by 2023. They are the largest in the family with 1,250 staterooms, and they're going to be powered by liquefied natural gas, which is the cleanest fuel in the industry. That's that's awesome. What do you guys think of that? Have you done a Disney cruise before, Pete or Brian? I don't think Brian has, has have you? I have not, no. I, I It's the one thing I have not done yet either. Uh, really looking forward to it in the future, but not yet. Yeah, I, I did one this past January. It was really fun. Um, I didn't get to do as much because my kids are too young, so I'd like to try one without them. But they are setting sail 2021, 2022, and 2023. They're going to involve new innovation, technologies, entertainment, stories, characters. And the color scheme is going to stick with that traditional black, white, red, and gold. Do you have anything to add to that, either of you? Do you know where the other ships are going? Again, this is pretty much rumor-based. I mean, granted, a lot of the things we hear end up coming into fruition, but... Uh, I believe with these new ships, either they'll be shifting where these current ships are going, but uh, I know there we'll be doing more global cruising, um, whether it's more mid-Atlantic, uh, across the Atlantic, there's rumors for uh, over towards Australia. There's a lot out there of where they'll go because they are bigger, they are heavier, um, a lot more tonnage, um, so they'll be able to make those longer treks um, or travel across those longer stretches of ocean. I think the biggest story, uh, besides those three ships, and we were hoping to get names on the uh, last week was the Disney shareholders annual meeting, and we were hoping to get names. He, Bob Iger did not release them, although they did file at uh, Port Canaveral under the Triton class. Um, some just said Triton, some said Triton class on different paperwork. So who knows if that's a name or what they're calling these three new ships? I mean, like you said, they're switching over. To, uh, the liquefied natural gas is awesome. They are spending a ton of money, forty-six million dollars over at Port Canaveral to upgrade Terminal 8 where they leave out of now and also their new terminal, Terminal 10. But I think the biggest story is the new island that Disney is in the process of purchasing. Uh, Everyone knows Castaway Key, Castaway Key, however you want to say it. But that, granted, water levels are rising. 
Um, and Disney's looking ahead because that's a leased island. So there's an island called Eleuthera, um, which is easier as Lighthouse Point, in the Bahamas. It's about um, 60 miles south of where Castaway Cay um, is now, and it's about 50 miles east of Nassau. They want to buy 746 acres. It's about $25 million, what I'm told. The island is mixed on Disney coming there, though. A lot of them say we want to keep our island the way it is. The other half of the island are saying this is going to be great for us. Over at Castaway Key, Disney does give local people there more than double the minimum wage, health insurance, benefits. So it's a mixed reaction, but it's almost, from what I hear, a done deal um, that Disney does have that second island um, for these new cruise ships as well. So now there won't be that backup over at Castaway. Well, I know the big thing is that they have a 99-year lease with Castaway Key, but it's not very high above sea level at all. So this new island is going to be much higher. I I think like 50 feet or something. Don't quote me on that. It's going to be much higher above sea level. So as global warming and all that kind of takes over, they will be good for a long while. And that's the big concern of the people who are opposing it is saying, let's save land for our future generations. Because as it is right now, current day, the Bahamas is 80% below sea level. So there's not a lot of land, if you are a, a bohemian, to go higher. And Disney is realizing this, and that's why they're going to get that higher land now instead of waiting for the future and uh, what that holds. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see I can see the, the problem there. Brian, do you have anything to add to that? No, cruise lines are, are one of my areas of blindness with, uh, with theme park-related things. I focus mostly on Disney and Universal Parks, and I... Don't really pay that much attention to cruise ships, so. Yeah. It is, uh, but it, it is nice to hear about it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it was something very new to me that I really didn't pay much interest in up until I went on one. Have you rebooked onto another cruise yet? Or? I, I haven't. You know, we talked about maybe doing one in the fall. Like I said, I definitely would like to do another one without kids, just to really see what it fully has to offer, you know, because we didn't really get to do a lot of activities, didn't really get to go to any of the lounges. We just kind of toured them. So I would like to take advantage of all of the offerings, maybe do like have like Michael do maybe a whiskey tasting or something like that. You know, those kind of extras. So that's what I have to say about that. All right, moving on to the Skyliner. Brian, you know a lot about this. so I'm going to let you kind of handle this. Do you want to talk about the Skyliner, kind of what it is, and then we'll go from there because they're doing test runs now. They are. They have, um, as far as, as we can tell, it looks like they have almost all of the, the actual gondolas on the line at different times. I don't think they've actually put weight into them yet, which presumably would be the next step. Uh, most of them are still wrapped up, though, although there are a few that I've seen pictures of that are, that are open. What the Skyliner is, it is basically, if you're familiar with a Skyway that they do, they used to do at Disney parks and still do at a lot of theme parks. It is similar to that, except they have much larger cars that almost resemble small cable cars. In fact, a lot of ski resorts in mountain areas do use a similar system, uh, except that they go more vertically than the Skyliner will. The Skyliner will connect a few different hotels with Hollywood Studios and Epcot. They, it'll be uh, There will be a station that uh, is shared between Pop Century and Art of Animation, one station that it acts as the hub that will be at Caribbean Beach. There will be a station at the uh, new Riviera Resort that we'll be talking about in a little bit, um, and those will all connect to both Epcot near the uh, World Showcase, uh, the, the International Gateway entrance, and Hollywood Studios uh, out in front there. And it is supposed to open sometime this summer, I believe. And uh, Pete, do you have, do you, have you heard anything more on when Skyliner is actually supposed to go into operation? According to Disney, they're still saying full 2019. But I think from everyone I've talked to and from everything I've heard is that this is kind of going to happen with Star Wars. So now that we have opening dates for the Star Wars, and we're not talking about that today, um, with being August 29th over at Hollywood Studios. Everything still <laughs> rotates back around. To that. Yeah, because yeah. it's the biggest expansion ever, yeah. So with that, when we got the date for that is August 29th, and again, that might be a phased opening. That might be all of Star Wars land, Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. But my guess would be the fact that they're already running at full speed. They have you know some of them unwrapped with the shutters open. I'm yep. sure they're taking heat readings to see what the breeze is like. Um, like you said, I don't know if there's weight in there yet. A lot of people were kind of freaking out out there when they saw you – know, it was a windy day a, a few days ago and some mm-hmm. were rocking. But I'm sure once you put weight in these things, 
they're going to sit pretty still. The fact that they're already running at full speed and they just got to put some water dummies in there makes me believe that it's going to be happening sooner than later. And the nice thing is, too, is that they can do it in segments if they wanted to. So they could run Caribbean Beach to Hollywood Studios. They don't have to run, say, Epcot to the Riviera just yet. Right. So they could segment this out. So we'll see what happens. I have a feeling, again, this is totally a rumor and an unofficial, but since Star Wars is opening August 29th, I have a feeling you'll see the Skyliner at least running to Hollywood Studios before that date. We've been hearing for quite a while now that there's been like whisperings that they might be able to start it by like by the like the beginning of the summer, like mid June into early July, and it does look like that will potentially be possible. Like you said, maybe even if they just do one segment at a time and just kind of keep adding out from the Caribbean Beach Hub there. Well, and Brian, I feel like we talked about this back in October, but do we know about the passengers per hour? Sort of. Um, we know, and and I haven't looked this up in a while, but I think it's, is it supposed to be max at eight passengers per car, Pete? Is, do you remember offhand? I think it was six or eight, depending on obviously the size of your group and, or, you know, obviously like you have the There's ECVs and strollers. Wheelchairs and stuff, yeah. I'm not 100% on whether it's six or eight, but I mean, it's, I think that's the number. I'd done some some rough calculations a while ago, and I just don't remember the numbers. But uh, but these it'll move more people than than most think. If you've seen the videos of them going by, they move at a pretty good clip, and then they actually get pulled off of the the main cable when they're loaded and unloaded. So the load and unload section goes slower than when they're actually going overhead. They in the station, it's only going about two miles an hour, and in the air, they're going to go up to sixteen miles an hour. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, and they're it's moving. A There's a funny video there. that just came out yesterday of a guy trying to race one of them in the Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I saw out. that. I was going to bring that up. That was hilarious. <laughs> and he cannot keep up. These things are moving. Yeah. Uh, and the other cool thing too, like you said, is that they can detach. So let's say someone is having a hard time getting in, they can take it off the line and keep moving other gondolas through without holding up all the gondolas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there is if there is somebody with with you know disability issues or you know even if somebody is just nervous about getting on while they're moving, they there are ways to do that without disrupting the line. If, if you want to really see how it works, and it, it's it's tricky to Google because it's called the Emirates Airliner. Um, and there is, of course, an airline named Emirates Airline, but it's the gondola system that goes over the Thames River in London. And it's built by the exact same company. So presumably it is the exact same system, although I believe the cars are a little bigger there. But it's, uh, there's quite a few videos of people riding it and how the on-off works and everything like that, uh, if you really want to get an idea of what these look like in action. Now, what do you guys think? Is this something that you would go on I mean, I always think, because this is where my mind goes, if it breaks and it, I'm stuck up there, is this someplace I would want to be trapped in for an hour? So is this, I mean, are you going to try it out? Are you excited for it? I'm definitely excited. Um, in terms of a lot of people are saying that, like getting stuck, is that these have their own power system. Like they're not going to be, you're not going to be sitting there stuck. This has the third cable. This is not like... A lot of people said like lightning too. Like this thing can move. They, they might shut it down in super high winds. But the case of how high the winds have to be are happens like maybe once a year, if that, in the Orlando area. I'm excited about it. To me, I think it's it's a great mode of transportation. It's going to provide some great views. It seems like they got – like they know what they're doing. Disney, You know, this is typical Disney where let's move a lot of people quickly. Um, I just did look it up. It is eight people. There's eight seats that fold down from what I'm reading. But if people are standing as well, which I, I guess they'll allow people to stand, you can fit up to 16 people. Wow. So, I mean, you can move. And that's what, again, this is going by another Disney. This is not official Disney um, website. This is another site. But, uh, I mean, so that's moving a lot of people fast, especially in a continual motion. I mean, you think about the people mover, you know, really dumb it down over at Magic Kingdom. That moves a lot of people all day long. There's almost never a wait unless it's a super busy okay. week. And that's continuous moving. This is basically the same thing. And those are only seats of, you know, four people per car. This is going to move a lot of people fast. You could take it off the track if someone's slowing it down. And again, it's segmented. So like granted, if one section breaks down, let's say, you know, they have a hard time between Hollywood Studios and the Caribbean Beach, Epcot to Riviera is still running fine. Riviera to Caribbean Beach is running fine. Art of Animation to Pop and Pop to Caribbean Beach should be running fine. So it sounds like it should be a good flow. I'm excited about the views. I think it'll be cool. I think it's going to be fun. It's a fun addition. It's genius. I mean, it's taking more buses off the road. It's better for the environment. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm with Pete here. I am very excited for it. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, and I think it, it'll be nice, even if 
there are long lines for it. The lines will move continuously. It won't be, you know, at the end of the day when the fireworks are over, it won't be like the bus where you get there and you stand in line and then, you know, 50 people get on the bus and then you wait for another bus to show up. This will at least be a continuously moving uh, system, which will be nice. I am personally a little concerned about the lack of air conditioning. I know, mm-hmm. I know with the speed they move at, there will be a breeze going through, but I, I don't care how breezy it is when that air is still 95 degrees. Right. I'm not sure it's going to feel great. Plus, when it's raining, I don't know if you're going to be able to keep the vents open. Uh, so that I am, that's the only thing I'm a little nervous about is is that they decided to not put air conditioning. But uh, uh, I'm sure they tested it. I can't imagine that, that that wasn't thought of before. So I hope I am just fearing nothing. Yeah, it's a good way to combine transportation with kind of a mini attraction. And like you kind of have been saying, Pete, you know, with how fast it goes, it's going to be a pretty quick ride. And like Brian said, it's going to be continuous. So it's going to keep things moving, which is good. All right, new resort hotels coming to Walt Disney World. There are like four of them. So There's a ton of them. I know, it's crazy. And some are opening pretty darn soon. So let's start with Grand Destino Tower. That is a Coronado Springs expansion. And that is slated to open this July. Is that still the case? Has it been bumped farther, sooner? Do we know? They took reservations. So uh, I think they're going to have to open it up. Uh, I don't know. I know people got late July. So, I mean, in typical Disney fashion, if they say something, assume it's going to be the end. Like we used to say when fall would mean early December. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say July means end of July. But, I mean, it's not like it has a lot of rooms. It's only 545 guest rooms with 50 suites. Yeah. it's uh, it's It looks beautiful. They got that. You It's probably going to open with the Three Bridges Bar and Grill, the new restaurant in the middle yeah. of the lake. And then also you're going to have a rooftop bar and restaurant as well, which will have great, amazing views. So this is exciting. It's very expensive, um, touring plans wise. Even I've heard Len talk about it. It's it's very very steep when it comes to pricing for for square footage of room. So we'll see how it does. I'm hoping the prices come down a little bit once it opens up. Is this the one that was more slated as a conference type style, or was that Riviera? It's- no, that was this Grandestino because, yeah, because okay. uh, yeah, Coronado has, is the only non-deluxe that has the conference center. Okay. Um, and uh, according to to Jim Hill, the reason that they did this was because uh, when companies had like high-ranking executives coming for the conferences, they didn't really want to stay at a moderate, so they always wanted to go to you know beach and yacht or mm-hmm. or contemporary or someplace you know quote unquote nicer. So this is a way for them to add you know more luxury rooms without redoing the entire resort. And it's uh, July 9th is the first day that they oh, took reservations go. for. Wow, so. early. Um, another resort that's actually opening less rooms is Disney Riviera Resort. This is a DVC resort. How many times can I say that? Uh, it's going to be by Caribbean Beach, and this is going to have about 300 rooms. It's also opening a restaurant called Topolino's Terrace, Flavors of the Riviera, and Topolino, I believe, is Mickey Mouse in Italian. And this is going to be accessible, like Brian said earlier, by the Skyliners, which I think is really nice. This one is a little strange because it is basically on the grounds of the Caribbean beach. It's where the, the former, the buildings formerly known as Barbados uh, were Mm -hmm. uh, that they, they tore down and and built this, but it is not part of Caribbean beach. It is its own separate resort. Uh, It is being kind of billed as a luxury resort, just not walkable to parks like the other luxury resorts are. The prices of this one actually were a little bit shocking and I've worked you know, on Disney stuff long enough that I am not usually shocked by prices, but they have priced this more in the Grand Floridian Polynesian Bay Lake Tower kind of price range than I would have expected. Now, you know, this is a DVC resort and it's also next to a moderate resort. Is this a place you would choose to stay or a DVC resort you would choose to have as your home resort since it's by a moderate one? Or would you rather choose somewhere else? Because, I mean, if I were to buy DVC points, I don't know if I would make this my home resort. I think I'd rather have it be somewhere, you know, that's closer to a park or easier accessible to a park. I'm all about cost and efficiency. I would rather spend my money in the parks than on a room. Um, where I don't spend a lot of time. If I was, um, say, retiring or spent a lot more time 
in the room or enjoying the amenities, I'd, I'd say sure. And I, I mean, can, this one's going to be just as beautiful. Like you said, Topolino up top is going to be unbelievable food. You're going to have views of both the Epcot and the Hollywood Studios fireworks from what I hear. Um, so it's going to be gorgeous. And I'm sure they'll have some DVC exclusives, especially if that's your, your home spot. But again, I, it's going to be so expensive. So I don't know if it would be particular for me, but I mean, if you have the means, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be an absolutely gorgeous. And you get a spot off the Skyliner, which is nice yeah, too. that's true. Two things we probably should mention. One, it, it uh, reservations are, are beginning there December 16th of 2019. And you, or, I mean, you can stay starting December 16th. Reservations are already open. The other thing, they introduced a new room type here called the, the Tower Suite which is a very European style room, meaning it is teeny tiny. Oh, um, oh is this the one that's like a, it's a fold down bed? Yes. Yeah. It is a, a Murphy style bed and that is it. It sleeps too, which I get, I get it. If you're, especially, I guess if you're using points, presumably it is, it is better on points. Yeah. But um, for me, and, and I know I've, I've said this before, so I won't go into too much in detail, but I would prefer to just stay in, say, like the Aruba section of the Caribbean beach, where I can very easily walk to the Skyliner station. I can still use the restaurants uh, or dine at the restaurants at the Riviera um, and have to pay and be able to pay like a third of the price. Yeah, I think that if you were going to splurge on yourself and stay at the resort and you weren't really doing the parks like Pete said, I think this would be a really good choice. But if you were going to spend a majority of your time at the parks, it wouldn't really make sense. I think I would pick another DVC resort. Personally, I'd maybe do like Yatter Beach or Boardwalk or something like that. Well, yeah, because the, the advantage is that most of the deluxe resorts have at at Disney World is that you can walk or or have very easy access to one of the parks. Exactly. Now, I, I think Disney would argue that the Skyliner Station um, and, and the Riviera is the last stop before Epcot. So you would have a direct access to, to Epcot um, with this, but it, it still isn't as convenient mm-hmm. as Yacht or Beach or Boardwalk are to Epcot. Uh, it is not as convenient as the Contemporary or, or Bay Lake Tower, I guess, for, with DVC is to, to the Magic Kingdom. And it does and quite have the same view out the window as like Animal Kingdom Lodge right. would. So um, it's in a kind of a weird middle class that mm-hmm. um, that I'm curious to see what what happens with that. If if um, if it sells out and they sell all the rooms, the prices I'm sure will only go up. And if not, then maybe it will it will come back down into more of a like Kadani Village or the Boulder Creek or Copper or Boulder Ridge or Copper Creek. I always mix those up uh, more into that price. So I yeah. guess we'll see. I think it definitely comes down to your aesthetics as far as what you like in a resort for atmosphere and theming as well. Okay, the new Star Wars hotel that we know. I guess really very little about. We don't know the date. We know it's completely immersive and 100% expensive, but I mean, not much else. We've seen some pictures. It also makes me like like squee and shake my hands like a four-year-old every time I hear about it. No, the inner child for Brian and I are kind of going crazy, but like, oh my gosh, have you guys, have you've all seen the photos? I know Brian and I have. Yeah, they look unbelievable. From what I hear, the space restaurant over at Epcot um, the technology they're using, I guess, will be similar to the technology they use in the rooms themselves where you feel totally immersed like you're in space. So I think that'll be a cool little preview mm-hmm. to see what that'll be like. But, yeah, this is going to be – it's super small. I think from what I read, it was 400 rooms, I believe, um, or maybe I, even less. I don't think it's even that many. I, I For some reason, the number I had in my head that it was only like 100 or 150 oh, wow. rooms. Wow. So, um, I, I got to relook that Which up. is one of the reasons we think it's going to be like $3,000 a night at the cheapest point that hot, really? yeah. no i mean if you can't tell i get frustrated when when i talk about it because i just i want more i feel like ariel like like i want more details i want i want to see pictures of it like oh, we'll get it they're 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 slow rolling all their star wars stuff so. i know it's driving me crazy but after galaxy's edge opens we'll start getting more news about the uh, attractions we haven't talked about yet at epcot and um and that kind of stuff and then you know in 2021 we'll hear, start hearing a lot more about the hotel and everything like that so, well and you know we're not supposed to talk about star wars stuff angela what are you doing i know i know i just had it <laughs> okay star wars hotel near hollywood studios we don't have a date 
It's going to be so expensive because it's going to be completely immersive. But that's all we're going to touch on for now. Okay, I'm done. There's always one more hotel coming up, but that's not until 2022. But that's the Lakeside Lodge, which they did start construction on this week. Yes, I saw that picture. Reflections Lakeside Lodge. Yes, which sounds like a retirement community in the middle. It totally does. Reflections, a Disney Lakeside Lodge. Yeah, it's definitely a spa that's at a golf course somewhere. (laughs) No, it totally is. But I mean, it's going to be huge. You think about Riviera being 300 rooms, this is going to be 900. Yeah. Yeah, it's going on the site, the old uh, River Country site out by Fort Wilderness, which uh, they finally started demolishing just just recently. Wild, yeah. Yeah. um, My, I think my my dad and his family actually got to do River Country when they went to Disney. Oh, I went to River Country a few times. Did you really? Yeah, I used to love it. That was that was before my time. I never. On on looking back, it's one of those things that I feel now I would be totally grossed out in swimming in that water. But when I was young, uh, it was great. Yeah, it was like the thing to do. This uh, resort is a celebration of Walt's lifelong love and respect for nature. And really, I don't know much else about it. Do you guys know anything? That's pretty much what I know. Uh, I've pretty much been all rumors and speculation, so I don't want to get too crazy. It's it's also pretty far out. Yeah. Um, you still got three years on this, so we'll see what happens. It's I mean, it's genius. It was just sitting there, like, it was sitting there doing nothing, this parcel of land. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it, again, they could access it now by boat to the Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, you're a short hop, skip, and a jump from all the other beautiful resorts in that area. You can go over to the Wilderness Lodge. You can go over to Fort Wilderness. You can, you know, go over to the Contemporary. So it's it's fun. It's going to be beautiful. We'll see what the prices are like come 2022. But I just wonder if it's going to be aimed at an older demographic just based on the name. And maybe they don't want all the... Uh, you know, festivities that come along with a normal resort. This is more, sounds more like it's going to be like low key and relaxed, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I agree with all that. It's definitely going to be a little bit more remote than, than some of the hotels being kind of more near Fort Wilderness area there. So that would make a lot of sense to me. All right, let's move on to inside the parks, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. Now, this poor attraction has kind of been run over by Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and the announcement of the dates for those, but I feel like we should give it a little bit of attention now. So this is a dark ride attraction that's going to be inside the former Great Movie Ride, which I can't not mention because I'm still upset that they got rid of it, and it's going to be based on the Mickey Mouse shorts that are on the Disney Channel. My kids cannot get enough of that. I don't know why. They're just obsessed. So basically... People will watch a premiere of this Mickey cartoon, and then um, you're kind of going to pass through a movie screen and then go on an adventure on Goofy's train that he's conducting. And it will feature 2.5D technology, so you will not need 3D glasses. So, Brian, we've kind of speculated on when this will be opening. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Again, this is something that Disney hasn't announced. We have kind of been speculating that it's going to open basically right around Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're kind of going under the assumption that it's going to be around a week before, almost as a soft opening or, you know, kind of kind of testing phase mm-hmm. so that they can work out the kinks with that before the, the park gets crushed by, by Star Wars fans and uh, to use it as a little bit of a runoff from, from Star Wars. Disney hasn't officially said anything like that. Uh, all the answers we've gotten have kind of been like, yeah, that, that would make sense. Sure. You know, so we're pretty sure it's going to open right around uh, the end of August, but that is, is mostly speculation right now. Yeah. And that would just make sense from a capacity perspective for Disney's Hollywood studios. What do you think, Pete? Um, yeah, I have heard the same thing. I'm just a little confused why they're not making, I know that Disney loves this attraction already. I'm not sure if they confirmed this yet or if it's a rumor that I heard, but I'm pretty sure it's happening, but I'm not sure it was confirmed yet, obviously, but uh, that they already ordered it as well for Disneyland, oh. um, that they're already clearing space for this on the West Coast as well. Kevin Rafferty, who's running the project, is known. He just does great things within the Disney company. Um, it has another original song. They're saying it's very catchy, very similar to like It's a Small World <laughs> or something like that um, along those lines. So it's going to be – It's good. it sounds like it's going to be a hit, which confuses me why they would open it right with the same time as Star Wars where they could probably get, let's say, a mini bump in attendance or a distraction from that, whether it's, say, an earlier in August so that way they could have a little bit of a fanfare for it. 
but I'm surprised they haven't talked about it yet. I mean, I thought they were going to announce it at that Disney shareholder meeting call last week, and they didn't. So that's something that's concerning me at the moment. I'm wondering if maybe the project's running a little behind, and that's why it wasn't said, or maybe they're saving some stuff for the uh, D23 event um, coming up this summer. But uh, yeah, I, I'm hopeful. I hope it opens sooner than later. I'm excited about this ride a lot. It just sounds like they put a lot of time and energy into it, and I love original rides and original properties, um, as opposed to just plugging in IPs, um, which is okay, but just when it, it's over and over again, it's a little frustrating. So I like to see a new original ride. So I'm excited about it, and I just hope that it gets the fanfare it deserves. Yeah, I'm also, I, I think this is going to be really good. And I've heard this the same thing that like internally they're very excited about it. So my uh, kind of assumption is that they would have loved to open it, like especially beginning of the summer and let it kind of push the summer a, a little bit when, especially a summer that they're expecting to be a little lower in attendance as people yep. wait for, for Galaxy's Edge to open. But um, but my guess is that, that it's probably just running a little behind, which mm-hmm. is why they haven't said it because disney does love to announce opening dates as soon as they know them um they're the kind of the opposite of universal in that way who waits to to confirm roller coasters until they're basically finished so where on the west coast is this supposed to be going do you know um i believe that there's uh and don't quote me on this i'm no 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 obviously this is all i think there's some um either costuming or maintenance buildings that would be off to the Mm. when you're looking at a, a, a vertical photo from the sky um, where the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge would be. To the right, mm-hmm. there's these buildings. I believe they're moving those off-site a few miles up the road, and they're going to plug it in over there okay. um, off to the right in that area where there's – I mean, if you look on Google Earth, you could see there's so, a few buildings. So kind of out behind the the uh, Mickey's Magical Map Theater and that. Yes, area, yes, right, right over there. there. Okay. Um, if, yeah, if you look at Google Earth, you can kind of see these few buildings, and I believe Disney said that they can move those off-site and plug it in over there. Oh, that would be very cool. Yeah. As if Disneyland needs more attractions. They they have like 70 rides already. They know how to use space over there. Holy cow. <laughs> I really need to get back to Disneyland, you guys. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think I'm pretty sure I will be there uh, right around the end of May for unrelated reasons. I was lucky enough to go last month. It was I had a great time. I mean, everything's under refurbishment right now. Just preparing for Star Wars this summer in May. But uh it's it's it was fun. It's nice. I try to go at least once a year. I try. But it was a great time. To be honest, I thought all the stuff going on at Downtown Disney was encouraging. It's just a, a fun spot to hang out. But Disneyland, we could save for another day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, are you are you also going to go for unrelated reasons at the end of May, Pete? No, I'm not. I, I was debating it, but it's just a lot. I'll uh, I'll save up all my excitement for my home turf at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, I, I say home turf. I live in New York, but I mean, <laughs> I like you, you go I, there I all the time. Though. Yeah, I well, go. Same. I, I'm I'm in Pennsylvania. Angela's in Minnesota. So you know, but Disney World's all of our homes. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's where it's where we go. All right, moving on to Epcot, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I think did they confirm that that's going to be the title because they're just bringing it from Walt Disney Studios in Paris. Yes, that is the title. Okay, that is expected for 2020 in the France Pavilion. It's a trackless system that allows ride vehicles to exchange places and move freely. And you're just kind of going to go in, out, and under the kitchen, making dinner and avoiding chefs, just like Remy does in the movie Ratatouille. I am so excited for this ride. Oh my gosh, I would go to Disneyland Paris just to experience this ride. But I'll be kind of excited if I don't have to do that and if I can just wait (laughs) till next year. I just, oh my gosh, I love Ratatouille. I, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. I can't say that enough. So it's it's a very. I've been on the one in in Paris. It's very. It's a very neat ride. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be very popular. I think. Well, and at in Paris, you walk out. The exit walks into a restaurant, right? Yes. I think that's so um, cool. I love that. Yeah, it's it's a very weird section. It's in it's in uh, the Walt Disney Studios in Paris, and it's very strange because the little little Paris courtyard section is beautiful, and the rest of the park looks mostly like like weird trash sound stages. So oh. um, it's a very so very odd park. Yeah, it's they're redoing very large chunks of it in the next couple of years. So well, don't will- don't cry for Walt Disney Studios. Yeah, this will be much prettier, I think, being in the France Pavilion. It's so appropriate. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I oh, I can't wait. What do you think, Pete? Uh, I'm very excited about it as well. I love all trackless ride vehicles, hence like Mickey, Mickey's running away. Well, we'll be trackless. This is going to be trackless. I love that technology. I think it's fun and exciting. The latest date I heard was June of 2020 for this. 
Okay. My only concern is just traffic in the France Pavilion. I know they're opening up that there's going to be a new walkway that wraps around the outside, kind of where Aurora meets now. Mm-hmm. There's already construction walls up um, that'll wrap around the, the right side of the pavilion to go enter. I'm guessing the exit will be the same way, but also with that new Beauty and the Beast sing-along um, alternating with refre- um, reflections in the theater, I just feel like France is going to be a very popular spot. Yeah, that's and, a lot uh, going on. A lot going on. You also have the Bellmy Greet, Aurora. There's the, there's great shows. They have the ice cream parlor, a great restaurant inside, great gift shops. It's just there's so much happening, um, including the two restaurants they're known for, um, Monster Pure, uh, Monster Pole, and Chefs de France. The Chefs de France, yeah. I just think it's just going to be a lot of people hanging out in France come uh, June 2020. So I, I'm wondering how they kind of make the, the flow of traffic happen. But besides that... I'm very excited for this. I agree with you. I can't believe they didn't do this sooner. It's a perfect fit. And another great way to kind of like disperse the crowds at Epcot, besides just running to like Soren and Test Track and Frozen, we're going to have a lot of different options come Guardians of the Galaxy and come Remy. Yeah. All I'm hoping is that they don't exit people out through like that, that little kind of side street in France, which is, which is where the patisserie is, where the ice cream shop is. It's where impressions de France and the, the, Beauty and the Beast sing-along mm-hmm. obviously will we'll exit. Um, it's where the, the Leal, the quick service is. It just gets so congested in that tiny little space that I really hope they, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm wondering almost if they will, if they will exit out the other way because the, the actual show building for Ratatouille is going to be kind of in between the France and Morocco pavilions. It'll just be hidden by trees. Yeah. You can um, see the on, building from standing by the Morocco bathrooms right now. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's basically an expansion pad that could have gone to another, another pavilion that they decided to use for this, which I think is a good reason for, especially for the, the crowd flow reasons. It, it's basically makes that fourth corner of the park usable um, from an attraction standpoint. Now it and, also gives um, them a good excuse while they're doing this work to kind of cover and hide anything you might see from the Skyliner taking off yeah. on the back side of the world showcase over by. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So I'm almost hoping that they'll exit you out like that way over towards Morocco a little bit. I think that will help would help crowd flow a lot, but I just, I, I don't know if that's possible or if that's the plan. Cause you're right. That kind of right side of the, the pavilion as you're facing it, which is mostly a garden now is going to be just a lot of people. Well, and now all they need to do is put Coco in the grand fiesta tour area and then I'll be happy. It'll be perfect. I think that'd be great. I don't know how other people feel about that, but I, I think would that'd be a good attraction. I would love that, and it's totally doable. The only thing was they were worried about lines, but I said that that emergency walkway, kind of where Donald meets, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they yeah. turn that into a queue and say, may the load, you know, the load or the enter exit off in that galleyway. So kind of like instead of loading right before the pyramid, you would load right after the pyramid. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, could, you could fit um, a queue over there. That would be a lot of work. I think they're testing Coco. They have the little exhibit. Now they have the new, I love the new puppeteer and Coco music out in front with Mariachi Cobre. It's so adorable. So cute. They had it out in Disneyland first. They brought it out here starting last week, I believe. Yeah, I saw it in California Adventure uh, in the in the fall, and um, and it is it's it's an adorable. And the music from Coco is great anyway. So <laughs> even if they just do an overlay of Coco, where I can just hear the music as I ride through on a boat, I honestly would just take that. If, I know. If I had to, yeah, that would be amazing. They um, wouldn't have to change much. I mean, the, like the whole it's the party scene at the end and everything else, like that pretty much lends itself to the movie. Oh, I know. Well, they even have the Dia de las Muertas section of Grand Fiesta. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it wouldn't have to be much. done. <laughs> well, and you wonder if part of the displays when you walk in is kind of seeing what the interest is, which I think it gets a lot. I mean, I see everyone lining up to look and see, um, you know, the altar and everything when you first walk into the Mexico Pavilion. I wonder if part of that is seeing what the interest is and, you know, to see if an attraction would be a good idea, which I think it would be. So to see if you're listening, build a Coco yeah. attraction. Because- and hang out at that altar. A lot of people walk by too fast. Is that every thirty seconds or so, it comes to life? So the picture frames fill out with the friends and family, and you see everyone. And then when it goes to the candles, the Day of the Dead or whatever, everything kind of the picture frames empty. There's a lot of cool special effects, so it's definitely worth checking out. Oh, it's so beautiful. More attractions at Epcot: Guardians of the Galaxy coaster opening in 2021 in time for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World going to be the world's longest enclosed coaster and it connects adventure and thrill with storytelling who's excited for this one 
I'm a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan to start with. I think that Epcot could use another thrill ride. I know anytime you they, they, you put a an, a pre, an existing property into Epcot, it meets a little bit of resistance. But um, I always liked Universe of Energy, which is where where this this roller coaster is going. But I also haven't ridden it or hadn't ridden it, I guess, in a very long time because I found it a little on the, the, the slow side. So I am personally pretty thrilled. Plus, uh, like like we just said about the crowd flow, um, once that's open, now you will have people basically splitting their their first couple hours in the park between almost as far away as you can get. Yeah. It will be, you know, Guardians test track on that one side of Future World, Soren on the other, and then Frozen and Ratatouille in World Showcase. And it will really pull the crowds apart, which Epcot uh, very desperately needs right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the other new, um, I mean, I'm excited about Guardians too. I should just say that is it's going to be unbelievable. Like you said, longest enclosed coaster, um, they're calling it still like semi family coaster. So I guess it won't be too thrilling. Um, like no loops or not, but it, the cars do move themselves too, which would be really neat how they work that into the show where the cars will actually swivel on the track so they can make you face left, right, forward, backwards, which is really cool. Um, and exciting. Uh, it looks awesome. The construction is coming along real quick. From what I was told, they had to do this backwards to make it go faster. Typically, they would you'd see them build the track first and build the building around it, but they had to put the building up first, so they're kind of working with those constraints, um, which is why it's still two years out. Even though you see a building, you're thinking, oh, it's got to be close. There's a lot that has to go into that. But speaking of crowd flow, I was going to say as well, is right next door, you're going to have that new Epcot Play Pavilion, which was just announced. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's going to pull a lot of people, and I was thinking the same thing Brian said is, that's great. Let's spread these crowds out. You're right. Everyone pretty much hangs in certain areas of the parks is where all the crowds are. And then if you want to go kind of get away where it's empty, you know where to go. This is really going to spread the crowds out. I'm I'm pumped. Guardians of the Galaxy, sadly, was my first Marvel movie. I'm working my way backwards to see all of them um, and trying to stay up to date. I just saw Captain Marvel. It was fantastic. But uh, so I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was a great movie. And I'm sure the roller coaster will be absolutely awesome. Well, and let's talk about that Play Pavilion. It will also be open for the 50th anniversary. It's going to be an innovative city under the Wonders of Life Dome, and it's going to include interactive experiences, Disney characters, and entertainment. Uh, I've seen a lot on social media that it'll be a good place for the kids to go while the parents ride the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coaster. I think it's going to be fun for me, too, because I don't mind doing those interactive experiences just to get out of the heat and just to kind of take a break. Uh, some people don't really think that, I don't know, I've just seen some kind of conflicting opinions and I, I don't really get it. I think it's going to be fine. What are your opinions on it? I'm excited about it. I know I'm saying that about everything, um, but to me, more is better. Um, and this is going to be fill that void. Epcot also has this stigma that for families, I mean, it's tough. I brought my nieces and nephews, you know, with the exception of Frozen, they're not going on SOAR and they're not going on Test Track. There's, you know, we can do the, you know, the boat ride in Mexico, but like, there's not a lot of things for the kids to do to make it a full day park. If you have just kids, you can go over to the seas and spend a lot of time there. You can do Nemo and turtle talk, Yep. but living with the land again, too, isn't like grabbing a young child's attention. It's fun. You're on a boat. I think this will be that super immersive, grab your attention, high energy, let the kids have over, they're going to be overly stimulated. Um, and I think with the Disney magic, I think it'll be fun for the adults too. I'm sure there'll be stuff for us to do and say, oh, that's pretty neat how they did that. And from what I heard too, is that this isn't the fact that they're just calling it the Epcot play pavilion and there's not one particular IP. I heard they can switch things out, move things around, test things, do things seasonally if a new movie opens. So I think it's going to be a cool space. And like I said, the more to do in a park, the better. I love that there's more like, you know, it's going to be tough for the kid. You know, this Epcot is an adult park. You got the world showcase. You got Soren, you got Test Track, you're going to have Guardians. With Play Pavilion and Remy, I think this makes it more total family when it comes to Epcot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have also heard that, that the, the idea is almost, it kind of reminds me of when they when they first opened Disney Quest and what was Downtown Disney, um, RIP to, I guess, both of those things. <laughs> they had some VR attractions and things that were supposed to be uh, changeable that they just never really bothered to change. And it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that where, you know, they're going to have these these kind of lightly themed experiences that, that can be moved around a little bit and 
the actual programming can be changed on them and all that stuff, which uh, as long as they keep up with, I, uh, I think is a great idea. I remember visiting Epcot uh, very, very well on my first visit, which was 1984, I think. I really, really liked Epcot when I was little. So I am sad that a lot of these original pavilions are going away, mm-hmm. but they're not doing anything with them. I don't want to see Wonders of Life right. once a year as a festival center that is, you know, has tiles missing from the roof. I would much rather them take Universe of Energy or Wonders of Life and make them into real usable spaces again. I think that would be a much a much better vision of uh, the future than seeing them falling apart around us. So. I totally agree. Yeah, and I have I have a three and a five-year-old. So like Pete was saying, it's not completely a full-day park for them, especially since they got rid of most of Interventions. So I'm excited to see this. It'll give them more of something to do so we can be there with them longer. So I think I think it's a good thing. And while you're mentioning getting rid of innovations, uh, we might as yeah, well. There you go. Great. You want, to, you want to talk about their uh, their new landscaping plans uh, too while we're here? As part of their redo of Epcot, they are getting rid of uh, like totally rid of innovations. Yeah. So. so they are completely doing the main entrance to Epcot. There's going to be new pathways, more greenery, a new fountain, and it's going to pay homage homage to the original park they are also moving the leave a legacy to the outside of the park's gateway which a lot of people are excited about you know they think it looks like tombstones little depressing so that is moving outside so when you walk in you'll see the tombstones uh they're also doing a like a redevelopment between spaceship earth and the world showcase promenade and they will finally have an experience center in the odyssey events pavilion that will have interactive interactive exhibits for you so you can kind of help visualize visualize all of these different park projects so oh my gosh there's a lot going on i stuttered reading all of it let's discuss (laughs) yeah i i'm this this one makes me so happy because one of the the more depressing things of of epcot's current vision of the future is that there's just no greenery in it whatsoever you walk in and there's you know a couple of flower beds and then all just these gray stone slabs and then you get to the backside of spaceship earth and it's just more concrete and you know in and some flags that they put up to try to kind of help shade you and it's basically all going away and becoming trees and flowers and walkways and everything. And I will be very happy when I walk in there the first time and see actual trees. Yeah, I think it's just going to be gorgeous and it's definitely needed for sure. I'm very excited about this as well. I believe this entire project that uh, Disney's calling either Project G or uh, Project Gamma, you got that whole front, like you said, we're moving that outside, which is, I totally agree. You need it's just, it's such a beaut. it could be such a beautiful area. I mean, it's, there's, in my, like, when I ever, like, walk into a park, I think I have to stop and take that picture every single time I walk in. Oh, exactly. It's just breathtaking, yeah. and I think the way they can, like, just build it out with beautiful trees, greenery, shrubs, get, you know, move the Leave a Legacy outside, um, and then going in terms of interventions, this is, this is going to be big. I mean, like I, I mentioned earlier in the show, Spaceship Earth is due to close for a little over two years for a massive refurbishment. Ugh, so forever. I know it's it, you know what's it's funny on another show I do I said it it actually was faster for them to build the ride from scratch than it's going to take for them to refurb it. They had that ride built <laughs> and up in, in under two years, and they're taking a little over two years, up to two and a half, from what I hear, to refurbish it. Um, granted, it needs it. Um, we you know write about communication and how far we've come. It is nothing about cell phones. <laughs> There's nothing about <laughs> I anything. Have. It, yeah. basically, it basically stops in Steve Jobs' g- garage. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because today as we record, today is the 30th birthday of the internet. Fun fact. Wow. So if you if it stops in Steve Jobs' garage where you want to see the internet was born, the ride's technically 30 years old today. Wow. Um, which isn't the case. But anyway, I'm excited they have all this stuff going in. Interventions West, um, there is a construction permit seven filed. So that's coming down. Um, there are moving the meet and greets. You see like now Vanellope and um, Wreck-It Ralph's over by the Figment mm-hmm. um, Pavilion, the Imagination Pavilion. Um, they're going to get rid of Club Cool, which some people are upset about, but that's going to be coming down as well. And then also the Starbucks building. I know Starbucks is temporarily going to move over towards the Odyssey. Oh. I don't know where they're going to come back to, but all of that is going to be knocked down and redone. Uh, I'm not sure. If, I shouldn't say knocked down, but definitely demolished or redone from the inside out but so there's a lot of stuff happening at epcot um these are buildings that have been sitting i agree with brian like i'd rather a building look beautiful be used be functional than just sit as a relic of what was once there 
Um, And both of these interventions, East and West, have kind of just been shells of themselves for many years. Have have you heard any indications of like a a project completion date for this? I heard that they want to have it done by 2021 Mm -hmm. for the 50th anniversary. Yeah, that's that's basically what I've heard too. I was was just wondering how... (laughs) Whether that was actually feasible or not. The completion but, date, um, then that's what they're calling the completion date for Project Gamma. And I'm not sure if Project Gamma or Project G includes Interventions East. I know it includes the front, mm-hmm. you know, actually Spaceship Earth reopening by 2021. And I think the Play Pavilion, too. The Play Pavilion will be 2021. The greenery will be done, you know, obviously the landscaping. And then also, like I said, Innovations West where you have uh, or east, whatever I said before, but like the club it's, it's hard because they're they're backwards. It's always hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I look at them in my head. I'm like, this is not accurate at all. Um, I'm not sure if the other side, whatever the side of the electric umbrella is on, I'm not sure if that'll be completed by 2021. East, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so listeners know what I mean. When you walk into Epcot, uh, you are actually you are facing south, not north. Um, if you looked on a map, the park would be would be upside down. The entrances to the north. So, innovations east and west always feel backwards to me because the one on my right should be east, but it's not. It's west. So, also, Mouse Gear is getting a major overhaul, which will be completely done before the fiftieth uh, as well. So, Mouse Gear will get overhauled and open again before twenty twenty one. Jeez. So it looks like once Hollywood Studios uh, stops being a construction zone, uh, it's Epcot's turn. So. Oh, yeah. They're going to shift. Once Star Wars opens up, it's all right. Everyone pack up and move down the block. Yeah, no kidding. But that's good. Epcot is probably the park uh, next most in need. So yeah. I am happy that they recognize that and didn't just uh, redo another area of Magic Kingdom again. No. <laughs> Although Tomorrowland could use some help. But Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> not great. I, I don't know if you guys heard the, the call with our – well, the – the uh, shareholder meeting, I listened to it with Bob Iger spoke, a young girl came up to the microphone when he took questions. Yes. And she said like, hey, what's the deal with Tomorrowland? And he's like, you know, we got a lot going on. It's the biggest, it's the most money and the most time we've ever spent on projects. But he said, once things settle down. So I think after the 50th, where mm-hmm. he said Tomorrowland, we'll see a large update. And it definitely needs it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been rumors for for a long time that the Disneyland Tomorrowland is has been like kind of on the list for a long time. My assumption is that whatever they decide as far as a theme there, they will probably just pull over to the Magic Kingdom. And once the there is a Tron roller coaster going into yeah. Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom, which um, you know will will make that a little bit more popular in area so um, i could see that being next after they get through all the current projects as long as they don't take the people mover or carousel of progress and magic kingdom i'll be fine Uh, people mover i think is probably okay carousel of progress i don't know if i'd hang on to too tightly don't say that it's just come on it's nostalgia you can't take all the nostalgic rides i mean it was at what new york world's fair what 1964 or something like that you can't take away all these old rides i'm on your side angela i'm i hope it's the i have a feeling that disney fans would be in a uproar granted you know we're seeing a move away from the traditional stuff but i have a feeling if that goes it'll be the last thing that goes or maybe you can even get an update and they can bring that up to current times like they're doing for spaceship earth as well yeah, it, it definitely it needs something, that's for sure. Yeah. Although it, it doesn't, Carousel of Progress doesn't have a very large footprint, so that might actually save it. Um, if it was, if it had a bigger plot of land, I could see them yeah. taking it out. There's and doing not something much you, you could put in that building as well. No, and it's going to be pretty surrounded um, once once Tron opens, so that might end up saving it. No, I was going to say, while we're talking Tron in terms of refurbishments for you know your fans listening, the Speedway will reopen May 18th. Um, they were doing all that track concrete and steel work, kind of moving it out of the way for Tron. Um, so it's down right now, but from what I'm being told is May 18th, that will reopen and be mm-hmm. good to go. And the railroad, still no confirmed opening date, but they're also redoing wow. all the uh, woodwork and you know some of the steel work around the Walt Disney World Railroad. So I would expect that much later in the year because, again, that is also going to be affected by Tron as well. Yeah, they, they still are just saying, you know, like, for, until further notice on the railroad and actually if it, it's funny if you look at the disney world site uh for the railroad now it just lists it as basically a photo op yeah, um, yeah it doesn't even that. list it as an attraction anymore which is a kind of strange but uh so yeah i, I would imagine it's going to be the at the fall at the absolute earliest and could very well be next year sometime wow that's very sad and casey splash and soak will come back most likely in the next two months as well. That needed a mm-hmm. deeply needed a new paint and touch up job from all the water and sun 
Yeah. yeah, bright colors on that turned out to be a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's head back over to Epcot. We'll finish up there. Uh, new fireworks for Epcot in 2020, which is just going to celebrate how Disney music inspires people because Disney music pretty much inspires everyone in some way. It's going to feature LED panels, moving fountains, lights, lasers, fireworks. But first, we have Epcot Forever. Um, it's going to feature a forever for one year. <laughs> it's going to feature a spark of imagination that leads to special effects kites. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, that still confuses me. A I think bit. that's going to be the drones when they we saw like the drones over at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like either a year and a half ago or something like that? Yeah. Um, I have a feeling these kites, quote unquote, will be the drones because that's Epcot's really the only place you can do drone stuff because they can't fly over the heads of any guest. Yeah. So if they came up the riverside, kind of like where the floats um, and the barges come out now, they could technically just stay above water and never go above a guest head. They could also preload them onto barges. I mean, we see a lot of work going on around the lagoon now. They're putting up new concrete structures. There's a ton of work going on out there. But I I have a feeling those kites are drones. When are we thinking? I, actually, I know we have a date for when Illuminations is over, but I don't remember it. When is that done? I think it's the end. It's the end of the summer. Yeah. Okay, so I'll get to see it when I go in April. All right, I just need to see it one more time. I love the soundtrack. I think I, I have know. it. I can listen I, to it anytime, but I love oh, it. Oh, that's, that's why we can't remember. They haven't officially said what it is yet. Okay. They've just said um, late summer, it looks like. We are current, We currently have it estimated at September 1st, but I think that was just a guess. Okay. Um, it, I, think, I think officially they've said the end of the summer, basically, so... Yeah, I knew we had some kind of like seasonal time frame, but I didn't know if there was an exact date. All right. Other than that, now is the China film in the China Pavilion, is that done or have they not redone it yet? I, be- I believe they're still filming it from what I'm told or they're either editing, but China Circle Vision 360, they don't give us a date, but that's coming in both films and also O Canada is being redone too. Good. Needs um, yeah, it needs it. Yeah. <laughs> So both those films are either in production or post-production, but uh, both coming into the parks in the next, I'd say, 12 to 18 months. And then you were telling me before we started recording, Lightning McQueen Racing Academy opens in about two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's um, very exciting stuff uh, over at Hollywood Studios. It'll be kind of uh, you follow the path down to like you're going to Rock and Roller Coaster. They actually had to move the lines around for Rock and Roller Coaster for Crowdflow and for this but yeah, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a great show for the entire family. It, they have a 200-foot screen. Um, wow. You will have a full-size working animatronic of Lightning McQueen in front of the screen. So uh, it'll look like he's in the races. He'll be joined via the screens by all of his pals, Mater and whatnot. From what I'm told, this is kind of like a show-slash-meet-and-greet. None of this is confirmed, by the way. But from what I hear, it's like a, kind of an experience. And then I think you can go take a quick picture they already have the Cruz Ramirez set up that used to be down Pixar Place last year. Yeah, that's going up outside of the theater this week. There's already there's photos of that going up. But uh, from from things I've heard and from the Imagineers working on it, um, they're very excited about this. They say that it's, it'll look and sound super cool, and that the kids will love it. Um, and it's a pretty big theater, and they way they did it. Um, there's some new technology, but they sat via technology in every seat of the theater to make sure every single seat had the same exact experience with lightning McQueen and the screen behind him. And they said, that's why they, the show is like perfect or whatever it is, but hmm. yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's getting some nice, some last, last minute hype. It does open March 31st. So you got about two and a half weeks. And where, what else is happening at Hollywood studios? Well, on May 1st is Hollywood studios 30th anniversary. Um, so it's getting a brand new nighttime show, uh, the wonderful world of animation at Hollywood studios. So that'll premiere May 1st. Um, and now, of course, they, they didn't give specifics, but a lot of other things will be happening in the parks um, for the 30th. You already see the banners up all over the parks now um, mm-hmm. with the different characters in the zero of the 30th. But uh, I'm sure come May 1st, you'll see a lot more fanfare around that event. Gosh, so much stuff at Hollywood Studios, especially this year. Oh, and I didn't mention the space the space themed restaurant by Mission Space that's coming to Epcot. I know I'm like moving all around today, but um, that is coming there's a lot happening. I know. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, do we know around when that's opening? I think Disney originally said end of 2019. But from what I was told literally this morning was that's probably going to be pushed into 2020. 
What do you guys think about that? What do you think, Brian? Again, I feel like Pete and I keep saying the same thing about everything, but I'm really excited for this. Disney's food quality has certainly gotten better mm-hmm. over, especially over the last you know five years. I think Agreed. Um, it, it's gotten a, a lot better, but I still don't think most people are going looking for fine dining or you know innovative dining or, or you know innovative food. But what Disney can do, where you, you that you can't get anywhere else, is is really be really innovative in the dining experience. Yeah, and there are restaurants, you know. Like, like Coral Reef or uh, Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater at um, at Hollywood Studios that, you know, if it was just food-based, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend either one of those, but the experience of both of them can be very, very cool. And I think this is going to be something along those lines. Now, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the food. Maybe the food will be fantastic, but it will probably be the only restaurant in the world or, or, you know, one of very, very few that you can get the, the kind of experience that they're promising here, which basically you're, you're, it's going to be a fairly small restaurant surrounded by screens that are supposed to be windows where you look like you are dining in space. Um, and it will be kind of attached to the mission space pavilion. And um, this looks like it's going to be one of those, uh, one of those things like um, like be our guest is also where it's just such an experience that um, that's really what's going to drive people. I really do need to pay more attention to this restaurant because to me it's just kind of overshadowed by all the Star Wars stuff. But when I read about it, it really does sound incredible and it sounds like a lot of fun. And I think that kids and adults alike are really going to enjoy this. I was literally going to say the same thing as I think that this is flying under the radar and it's going to be a big fan favorite. Brian was talking about immersion. Even when you enter the restaurant, you're going to go into some kind of chamber that takes you into space. So you'll have, you know, whether it's a rumble or an elevator or whatever it is, you actually go up to space, um, which I think is such a cool way to start a dining experience. Um, and in terms of the food, it's run. It's going to be run by Patina Restaurant Group. So these are the same guys that do Enzo's Hideaway, Marie and Enzo's, Pizza oh, Ponte, right. Morimoto Asia, The Edison, Via Napoli, Tuto Italia. So like this is all great food. Yeah. The elevator, when you were saying that, kind of makes me, uh, reminds me of the, uh, uh, what were they, gosh, what were they called? The old, in the, the old seas pavilion where you used to have to take the, uh, the elevator down because the, the idea was that you were actually diving, you know, yeah. hundreds of feet underwater, which they, they have kind of dropped. But, uh, gosh, it's going to drive me nuts and people are probably screaming at their, their phones <laughs> right now. It's it, it, the astrolator or something. And for some reason that's sticking in my head. But, um, I always remember that because it was, yeah, it's basically an elevator that dropped about two inches. Um, but you'd see all the bubbles rush past you and it was, uh, it was always very, very neat. If you know what Brian's talking about, Use hashtag TPPOD on Twitter and let us know. I kind of forgot we had a hashtag. I know we do. We haven't used it in a while. Hashtag TPPOD. Hydrolator. That's what it is. So Hydrolator. Hashtag TPPOD Hydrolator at me. Yeah. And Brian <laughs> is at yes that Brian, and I am at Angela Dahlgren. And you can hashtag us with really any comments or questions about the podcast. So, yes, finally, we're going to end with Uh, news about Disney Springs, and I'm going to hand it off to Pete. Yeah, so lots of fun stuff. Obviously, we talked about all the massive work going on in the parks. So kind of coming down in order of what will be opening, um, Haleo was supposed to open at the end of last year. Uh, It got pushed back. I don't know if anyone's been nearby it lately, but it is a massive, massive undertaking what they did. The way the building is shaped and the construction alone was such a big project. It looks like an artichoke. And it's supposed to have, it's open air, but it's, you know, every, every table has a view. It's unbelievable. But finally, finally, we, uh, I was confirmed this morning that in the very, 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 very near future, um, I can't say exactly when, Haleo will finally open by Jose Andres. Um, and you can go try some of his delicious Spanish cuisine. The NBA experience is coming this summer. So a lot of people forgot about that too, with everything going on around the parks. This is another massive building that's going to be totally interactive. There'll be games and things you can do and dunking contest, free throw contest. Lots of fun stuff inside the NBA experience. Yeah, um, and as as one of I feel like the few uh, yeah. people that overlaps between Disney parks and the NBA, I am very excited about that one. <laughs> Me too. I mean, people were uh, you know are kind of hating on it a little bit um, in the circles I run in. I'm excited about this, and also it would just be a fun night to like or afternoon um, out of the parks. You know, you have now you have the void over at one end where you can do interactive stuff. This will be another fun thing where you go shoot some hoops, have a dunk contest with your friends or family. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. 
Um, another speaking of sports, City Works, um, which is going to be, uh, I think, more of like a craft beer sports kind of bar. They'll have over 80 beers on tap. That opens this year as well. I think that's going to be super cool um, in terms of like if you want to go watch a game or something like that when you're at Disney. Um, and also the Ron John Surf Shop was just announced as well. That's going to come out in late 2019, late this year. Um, one of their big uh, surf shops. And Cirque du Soleil still, um, I'm being told, being pushed back. Um, we'll don't have a definite date on that yet. But lots of fun stuff happening over at Disney Springs. Well, Brian, between the place where you can get a beer and the NBA experience, you can make a total filming day out of Disney Springs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No I'll just I'll just keep posting pictures of myself trying to dunk. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> you and Pete should like, film a collab and just have a dunking contest. It would be hilarious. Then, it'll be me trying to dunk and then me screaming when I pop another knee ligament. So it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Great, great YouTube footage for sure. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today. Pete, thank you so much for joining us. If thank you, you for having me. If you don't follow Pete on Twitter, again, he's at your WDW guy. Uh, I already mentioned what Brian and my Twitter handles are, but we will have them below in the show notes. I guess not below. We will have them in the show notes as well as all of our social media handles on YouTube, Instagram, Touring Plans, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Be sure to check us out on www.touringplans.com and we will see you in the next podcast episode. Bye everyone.